Welcome to episode 67 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. Proudly brought to you by H. Parsons Funeral Directors, an Australian family-owned and operated funeral director serving the Illawarra since 1893. Firstly, I'd like to sincerely thank all of the interviewees, listeners and the football community of the Illawarra, Australia and the world who download this podcast. Additionally, I'd like to say thank you to the brilliant people who contribute, comment and reminisce on the social media pages. Episode 67 will be split into multiple parts and will delve into a wonderful servant of Illawarra football, Eric Thompson. From the late 1960s through to his passing in 2015, Eric Thompson has played alongside, coached, mentored, supported and encouraged hundreds of people in the Illawarra football community. The width and depth of Eric's football career is immense. I have tried to place the interviews I have collected in date order, but there are times where people interact with Eric multiple times, so it is not always possible. However, it is clear that we have only touched the surface with people's memories of Eric, but I truly believe what is presented gives an honest reflection of the man and his football personality. And please note, this podcast is dynamic and can be added to in the future, so please contact me if you want to record your memories of Eric. It was a privilege to organise and record people's memories of Eric. I am truly indebted to the many people who have given up their time, memories and emotions by being part of this podcast. Please note, as this episode was recorded over mobile phones, there are some slight issues at times with audio quality, and for that I apologise. Please enjoy part three of episode 67. Good morning to all, to whoever is listening on today's program. My name is Gotze George Prentoski. I was involved with Gringill Alliance for 36 years as a president, secretary, treasurer, groundsman, and all the others. So welcome to the program. Thanks, George. In terms of Eric Thompson, uh, where did you first meet Eric? Well, I first met Eric at at work because uh, where I was working, where my office was, and Eric was not too far, and we used to always catch up for a, for a coffee. And it wasn't just Eric in the office where Eric worked. It was Gary Masters and Phil Torpy. So I know them from the soccer community for a very long time. And we just were catching up on a Monday morning and talking soccer or in these days, which is called football. In regards to uh, Eric at the end of 91... Left Balgowny for various reasons. And then in uh, 92, I think he he helped uh, Zivko Ristovsky uh, out at Wollongong, Serbia. So was it in 1992 at the Steelworks is where you then potentially started talking to Eric about coaching at Cringilla in 93? Yes, uh, that was uh, in 92, probably mid-92 when... I didn't. Uh, I thought the Wollongong White Eagles, which was called Wollongong Serbia, then playing at Police Boys Club. Yep. I wanted to watch a few games there, and that one going 
very good. So I thought myself, it's a good good time to ask Eric to come to Grinjila. At the time, were you and the committee thinking that it'd be just Eric alone, or or Zifka would come with him? No, nah, well, I spoke to Eric at work about uh, coaching, and he said he would like to bring Zifka with him as an assistant because, you know, on the influence he had around the soccer community in Illawarra. For yourself, uh, initially, uh, up until that point, Cringilla had been a, a talented team um, and had won a Bampton Cup in 1990, but there seemed to be on the field and off the field a, a real, I guess, urge and, and desire to be successful. Is that is that the reason why you wanted to appoint Eric as well? Well, that's what that was one of the reasons. And like you said yourself, we had a lot of talent. We had Bobby Tupancheski and Luby Tuleski, which were one of the greatest players in Illawarra. Luby Tuleski won the player of the year uh, when Eric was coaching. So we thought with bringing Eric and Zipko, things could change for the better. As the... Uh pre-season started there was certainly a, a lot of quality players like you said already at the club but then a few more came along as well so was that a difficult thing to deal with as a committee to you know there's always pressure when you do sign quality players the likes of Graham Lovett and Matty Horsley and and Jeff Allport and the like so was there pressure amongst the committee to to get it right? Well it wasn't pressure on the committee I think it would have been pressure on the coaches because uh, that year, that year in '93, also our reserve rate uh, finished, as I can remember, second. Yep. And like we had quality in both grades, and like you said yourself, bringing Matty Horsley, Graham Lovett, Johnny Cranovich, Steve Krishna, Jeff Allport, and few others that were at uh, White Eagles, and with our boys, the team blended well and. We won the, the treble that year, and it wasn't just the treble. We won also that in those days there was a charity shield yeah. played, and, and I think one more, I think Coromel Nokia, I think it was. So. Yeah, the following year. So it was five trophies in one year, which was amazing. Could you believe, obviously, yourself uh, talking Derek at work and then going to watch him at Wollongong, Serbia, you thought he could do the job, but could you believe at the end of 93 what Eric had achieved at the club? Well, I, I believed I believed in Eric and, and Zivko and the committee and the players because the group was assembled very well. And, like, I knew what Eric did at Bulgaria in 91, you know, with a squad he had, and he was a champion. What did you, um, once you started uh, interacting with Eric, what did you like, even though you had interacted with him at, in a work sense and chatting to him, but watching him and, and being at your club, uh, what did you like about him as a coach? As a coach, Eric was a gentleman. He had time for everyone. If it was a little five-year-old, he would go and talk to him. If it was 80-year-old bloke, he still would go talk to him and, you know, personality. For me, it was personality. And if you got good personality, you always win. And uh, in terms of him as a person, because uh, that year was super successful, so there would have been some times off the pitch where um, there were celebrations or a lot of positivity, so you would have got to know him 
um, off the field. So how was he as a, as a person? But the greatest person I ever met, like I said, a lot of heart for everyone. And the scenes we had in 93 and 94, you know, I just can't, can't describe it. Probably was the best part of my, my time involved with Gringilla. Because it's such a community-based club, it must have been a wonderful feeling in 93 in particular to win the league. Um, and then win the grand final and and achieve this success that it, so many people have worked so hard for over a period of time. Well, like you said, 93 was the year of, I don't know if in the Chinese New Year, if it's the year of the lion or year of the dragon, but <laughs> 93 for the club was one of the best years. And I remember after winning the grand final when Krishna scored at Bulai against Olympic. Yep. And... A goal disallowed in injury time for Olympic after the grand final. The, celebra- the celebration <laughs> went on, went on for I can tell you for two for two days, and uh, the, it's very sad for a pub to run out of beer. You know, like <laughs> a bottle of beer, and the pub ran out of beer. So, and we were we, we were talking on Eric on the Monday night uh, just for the next year because you know in them days coaches weren't appointed for long terms you know year to year basis and we didn't have to talk to him he said Eric next year he put his hand up and no worries so Eric and Zivka kept on in 94 they stayed on and like we didn't finish first but we still won everything else yeah exactly What what was to be one. How long, because um, I, I don't have the exact figures, but how long did Eric spend at the club? Well, Eric, I, I can, uh, Eric spent at the club 93, 94, 95, 96. Yep. Then he came back again in 2001, I think. Then after he helped Sarge in 2012 as assistant. So many years, and uh, just to mention to the members of our community, of the football community, when we were building our clubhouse, Eric became a foundation member of Greenville Alliance, which we all paid uh, $1,200 to start off the clubhouse. So Eric is not just a, a coach, but he was our foundation member as well. So do you think an example like that, and I've heard it from other people, where Eric does contribute to the club in other ways rather than just being a coach, he always either puts his time in at the club or he does put his own money in from his pocket to uh, help the club out when he's there? Well, mate, I can, I can say what, whatever the other clubs were paying, we were paying not much to Eric because he had a job, he had a good job, it still works, and... When we were bringing Matt Horsley from Wolves, Eric paid his loan fee to the Wolves out of his coaching fees. So you can't get a better person than that. And is that what you, when you think about Eric now and, and maybe when I texted you and called you about doing this interview, what do you see in your mind when you think of Eric? Mate, I, if you come in my office now in Bluescope, I still got the photo from 93 
hanging in my office because that's the photo I took to Eric's funeral that was uh, next to his coffin. So as a person, Eric, you know, I can't describe, you can't describe Eric. You, you, you need hours to describe Eric. And so it, it's fair to say, George, that he still uh, has a place in your heart and definitely a place in, in the Cringilla Lions club's uh, heart as well. Mate, you, you can come to any game and talk to a few of the old supporters, ask about Eric, and they'll tell you what they feel. He was a gentleman. Well, on that note, George, I'd like to sincerely thank you for giving up your time in telling us your memories and, and what Eric and and your committee and players achieved when he was around at the start of 93 and onwards. And it really means a lot to me that I could get you on board and, and tell uh, your side of the story. Thank you very much, Travis. And I hope there's more people like Eric in the region, which I think there is now. We got one of our old club legends. It's go coaching Grinjilla and hopefully the 93-94 will be repeated. Oh, I hope so as well. It's a beautiful field out there and a great club and, and I'd love to see that. Well, thank you, George. Appreciate it. Thank you, Travis, and goodbye. And thanks to all the listeners. Hello there, my name's John Kranovic, former goalkeeper and current goalkeeper coach for the Wollongong Wolves. Here to talk about the, the late, great Eric Thompson, who I, I've known since the early 80s through some mutual friends and through his coaching days at Tarawana. And then and then um, got to know him a lot better when when I was the first team keeper at Fremantle United in the State League and, and Eric took over as the youth team coach. Got to know him really well there. He's... Uh, just found him to be a, a real good football person. And, and, and Eric, um, uh, I had a transfer through work and Eric actually became my boss at work. He was the electrical foreman at the, the merchant mill where I got transferred to in that year, it would have been around 1980, 85, 86. And uh, I really used to enjoy every Monday morning, we'd go, I'd go up to his office, say g'day, and, and, and I'd have morning tea with Tom Owen and we'd have a really good football chat, you know, and... Um, and I'd ask him honestly. I said, "How do you think I went? What do you think?" And he, and uh, surprisingly, he, he quite he knew a lot about goalkeeping, and he analysed my game. He'd give me some really good feedback, and and I'd always take it on board. And then we'd talk about you know other parts of the the game and how we went against whoever we were playing, whether it was Melita Eagles or someone. And and he was always right in in the zone, you know. Always knew what he's talking about. Very good at analysing the game, and. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed those chats every Monday morning after a Sunday State League match, going to work and catching up with Tomo. Yeah, they were, good. they were good days, good chats. And the next time you saw him, he was at Cringilla? Yeah, I, I moved on from work there, and then Tomo had some other coaching appointments. And then I, I moved on and played a higher level again. I, I went on to – I think I went to Wollongong United, then I went on to Sydney, Croatia. So – I sort of lost contact a little bit with Eric, so I might saw him around the traps in the local league now and again. But then, um, yeah, in the early 90s, I come back from playing overseas and playing um, National League, and actually, I needed a I needed a club, and um, and Eric and Zivko Rostovsky were taking over the reins at um, 
at Cringilla and they were chasing a goalkeeper and, and I come back, I went to Queensland for about three months and didn't really find myself up there. So I, I come home and signed for Cringilla and um, it was a great decision because I rekindled a great friendship with um, with Eric and Zivko and we put together a formidable team in that Cringilla side, which was the best team in the LOI Premier League back in 93-94. We were a very good, very good side, very well coached by Eric. And from your perspective, you had a great rapport with him in your time with him at Ferry Meadow United in 85. Now he was at the helm at Cringilla. Was it better to be more in-depth with him as a player in a strong team? Yeah, for sure. Well, he he looked towards some of the senior players, and, and I would have been one of those. I think I would have been late late 20s. And um, you could really talk to him on the same level. It was really good. You'd say, what do you think about this? Or we're going to go in with three at the back and and um, going to play such and such up front or play with such and such wide. And, you know, he'd say, Cradge, I want you to get the ball early and find him. And, and we were a very good uh, counter-attacking counter side uh, as well. Uh, had a lot of pace, very well organised, very, very hard to score against. I think we went nearly 10, must be still a record, like 10 clean sheets, almost 10 clean sheets in a row, which is no mean feat in any league. But in the LR Premier League, that was... Uh, that was a good effort, a fantastic effort. I had some good defenders in front of me. I had a very good team in front of me, but but um, but Eric was a big part of that. Very organised. We don't concede. We don't lose. We win matches. Also had some good firepower up front. He had the ability to have those one-on-one conversations, listen, but additionally be the coach and give directives to the team for the success of the club. Oh yeah, in those years he was um, when things were going good, they were going good. But you had your rocky moments, and 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 you know Eric wouldn't hold back. He'd give give some players and some really good players, former National League players, a good roasting at half time if they weren't performing, or he'd drag them off like he didn't. He didn't shirk there. He um he he certainly put players in their place. There was a lot of respect there. We all had a lot of respect for him. So if he made he made the call, he made the call. And and um, like I said, there was a mutual. Friendship, but respect, and he had very good knowledge of the game, very good at analysing the opposition. So you, we put a lot of trust in Eric and, and and found us a lot of success. What do you think were a couple of his strengths as a coach? Analysing the opposition, player in a formation, or coaching to counteract the opposition, and also getting the best out of players. And he had no problems promoting youth as well. He was big on, on uh, pushing youth players through the system, had his experience, but also um, always had some young guns ready to, ready to jump in and, and wasn't afraid to, to, to put him in the, in the deep end. Are there certain games or a period that you recall where Eric was at his best? Something that still sticks in the memory where you can still see him vividly in your mind? Yeah, making big decisions, playing players that most people thought maybe you shouldn't play this guy today, but he he sort of he would make a decision and make the call. Um, I'll never forget a Steve Krishna being injured for weeks and ends, but Tom I knew he he had a goal in him, <laughs> and he played him and he played him in the grand final. And sure enough, in the 118th or 19th minute, Stevie Krishna scored a goal. It was fantastic, and we won the grand final in a very very controversial one. But but you know most coaches probably wouldn't have played him. But Eric did. Eric played him and said, no, nah, I've got faith in you. Get out there. So that was a big call, I thought, and it paid off. A couple other good good, good games come to memory, um, trying to seal the competition, and we were 1-0 down against a very good Coniston side, and they were, they were really 
defending and playing well. Um, but in the end, we just stuck to our game plan and um, and wore them down. And we got up 2-1 in a very, very exciting match. And back in the days when there were big crowds in the local league, you know, Coniston, Cringilla Derby at Cram Park, you'd be... I mean, you know, the fence line was packed, the hill. It was a, they were really, really good days. You don't get that anymore. So um, they're, they're fantastic memories. And, and Tomo uh, being chaired off, you know, having all those Macedonian supporters who craved success for, for a long time at Cringilla, they never got it. And, and there, there was a proud moment watching uh, Eric being lifted on the shoulders of those supporters and being chaired off the paddock. It's fantastic. Good memory. What did Eric teach you about football and life? Football, like I said, uh, for a guy that was never a, a goalkeeper, but he, he had a good knowledge of goalkeeping. So, uh, you know, I'd say, Eric, I really need to, I think I really need to work on some parts of my game. And, and he'd, he'd, he'd uh, put aside the time and say, well, let's, let's, let's put some drills together. Let's work on this. Um, you know, I'd say, I feel like I'm not getting the ball high enough on crosses. I really need to get higher. I really need to time myself time I jump better and and would do some footwork drills um so he was a good tennis player in his day so I always relate tennis and goalkeeping with the footwork is very similar and um and Eric had some really good footwork drills for goalkeepers and for tennis players um and 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 uh, they worked they were really good they'd make you very sharp um laterally and 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 uh, I never forget that yeah he showed me some very good footwork drills and yeah, just good advice, and and he'd, he'd put faith in you. You know, you know. I mean, we all make mistakes. I'd make a mistake, and he he wouldn't roast me about it. He'd say, "Well, that's that's life. Get on with it." And um, so he made me mentally strong as a person and as a goalkeeper. And could you believe the success you had at Cringilla? With the success in those years, um, yeah, of course, of course, it was a. Uh, it was just one of those eras where everything come together. A really, a really good coach, a really good assistant coach, a really good board, a really good bunch of players that, like Eric would call the session done and then everyone would still stay back and do some extra, you know. Come on, boys, let's do 200 more stomachs. Let's do some running. Let's do this, let's do that. And, and it worked, that, that team camaraderie, that spirit. And, and we'd win a lot of games in the last 10 minutes of a match because we just had it. It was like, we know we're going to win this match. We just we just got to be patient. It'll come. It'll come. It'll come. And and that happened so many times. You know, score at the death, one nil, two one, whatever it was. There were some good sides in that that league too. That then I remember Fernhill were a very good side. Olympic were a very good side. But we we managed to um, always better them. Only just, but we did. <laughs> Can you give us some final thoughts and or memories of Eric to finish the interview off? Uh, memories of Eric, yeah, those those successful years, the 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 one-on-one chats about um, even if it was something not right in your personal life, you could you could sort of have a good chat with him, and he'd sort of, he had very good personal skills that way, and and Eric would never say a bad word about anyone. He's just one of those nice nice people, you know, you know to to criticise other people or to put them down. That just wasn't his style. Even with the opposition, he'd say this, 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 whoever we're playing against today are a very good team, or this player is a very good player. This is how we're going to nullify him. He, he, he wasn't nasty at all. So I always remember him just being a really nice man, and very well liked by by all fans, boards, players. And it was a, it was an honour to send him off the way we did when he passed away. It was a beautiful ceremony, great memories. Well, Cradge. 
I would sincerely like to thank you for being part of this project. It means a lot to me that someone like yourself, who has experienced Eric as a coach and as a man, can put their memories forward and get them recorded so other people can learn about Eric. So I thank you. Very welcome, Trev. Been a pleasure, and I'm really looking forward to listening to the podcast. Cheers. Well, my name's Isko Tamasoski, and uh, I was with Cringula United from 1987, and that's probably where I first knew of Eric Thompson. Uh, obviously, at, at that point, I think he was at uh, Balgiani. Yes. And I'd just broken into the, the first grade side late 87, but 88 was when I really started uh, playing first grade there, and... and and, and then on 89 and so forth. And and just knowing um, Eric from the Balgani days, and we always knew that it was, it was always a tough a tough place to play. It always his, his teams were always very competitive and very difficult to play. I, I remember coming up against uh, yeah, Graham Lovett and, and Warren Lynch and Richard Peel, and obviously in the later, uh, you know, Matty Horsley and, and uh, the Felistras and Glenn Smead and the Nailers and so forth. So... It was always a very tough place to play, and and, and um, hated every time we, we played Bali. <laughs> and uh, and now knowing, having been coached by Eric, obviously that was a big big part of his uh, influence there. Obviously, and then I mean he went on to win the, the grand final, I think, with uh, with Balbiani. I can't remember what year it was. It was yeah, it was ninety one. Ninety one, yeah. So then. He left there, and, and at Crenjula, we, we'd had uh, a coach every season from, you know, 80, I think 86, 87, 88. You know, we went through Colowers, then Voynair, and, and then Sherry Walker came along, and Daryl Glover, and Harry Satin. And so it was a revolving door. So I think it was like the end of 92, we had Jimmy Dachowski. Yep. And then there was there was talk of, I think Eric was over at Serbia with, with Ziv. And they, I think they had a like a star started with Zivko Rostovsky and they had a, a star started side out there, but weren't doing really well. So then there was talk of, of him coming over. And so when he, when he joined in, I think it was 1993 that he came over, we thought, oh, well, here we go. He's, he's, he's another guy to sit in the seat for a year and, <laughs> and off he'll go. But right away, um, you could tell that he was different just in his approach. And dealing with the players, he, he made me feel welcome right away. Even though, and I'll tell you a little story, even though one of my very first conversations with him probably wasn't the best <laughs> because because he introduced himself to me and uh, he, and I obviously I said to my I'm, I'm Ice, uh, as, as they all call me. He says, Ice, he says, I know who you are. He says, um, he says I've, I've been watching you play for, for the last few years. And he said, um, he said, you're not that good of a player. He said, but he said, but um, you're you're a pretty good defender. So all, all I need you to do is just win the ball and give it to those who can play. He said, you reckon you can do that? And I went, um, yeah, sure, yeah, I can do that. So I didn't know whether that was a compliment or or a, or a put down, but but he he really simplified the game for me. He he, he really told me, look, just concentrate on your strengths and don't worry about doing what you can't do. At that stage, I'd played um, National Youth League with, with the old Wollongong Macedonia, 
in a very strong national youth league, and and I thought I could play a little bit, you know, and and he he really brought me back down to earth. But looking back now, it, it, it was it was probably the best advice a, a coach could give me. It was that focus on your strengths. Don't worry about what what you can't do. Just do what you can and do it well. And 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 that's how it was um, with Eric. He he really simplified things as as a coach in my eyes. I'm sure other players would have different opinions, but for me, he just and and that's how he got the best out of me. He didn't didn't make me make me think too much about the game. It was just defend, win the ball, do your job well, and then everyone else will benefit. And then I could give the ball ball to you know. The, the Zipko Ristovskis, the Jason Higgs, the Jeff Walports, the Dubi Talevskis that 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 who could who could play. So for me it was it was really 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 simple. And also just in the in the in the way that that we uh, we played, you know, coaches would come in and try and do fancy systems and and you know play four at the back and five at the back and whatever the case may case was. But he he basically said to us, we're playing man for man all over the park. Everyone has a responsibility. That's your man. You do your job over that man and uh, we'll win the game. And, and and that's how it was for everyone uh, across the field. You know, even even Matty Horsley and, and Graham Lovett, who were up front, had jobs to do defensively and, and against their men. So, And even in attacking sense. So that for me was was a really simple way of, of looking at the game, but, but a very, very effective one. His coaching methods were the same uh, and very simple as well. So for us defenders, he would half the team would would come, go down uh, on the on the training field yeah. and we'd play a little little five on five or you know, four on four or whatever it was. How many players were left? And he, he'd take the strikers. He'd take you know, Graham Lovett, Horsley, Krishna, uh, and at that point uh, Johnny Simonovsky and and all these guys. He'd, he'd take them up on the top field and and he'd really drill drill them. He'd you know, tell them what runs to make and where to go and all that sort of stuff. Whereas the rest of us, we'd just play a little, you know, tick attacker on the on the on the bottom field. And then he'd, after you know half an hour, forty minutes, he'd go, "All right, up you come," and we'd have to defend them. So having to defend against guys like Krishna, Horsley, Lovett, and Co. at training, well, then on the weekend. It, no disrespect to the other teams. I mean, they were, we were the best in the league at, at, at that time. And then uh, the weekend was, was relatively easy. So, <laughs> again, uh, training wasn't very complicated for, for, for us. And uh, we did it simple, but we did it hard. And, and we did it well. Um, training was always physical. We, we always we, – we never shirked the physical stuff. And it was always a competition. It, it drive us. I remember some of the, 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 the running sprints that we'd have at – and, and doggies that we used to do at training, and, and you, you'd see a lineup of, of Horsley, Krishna, and, and Jason Higgs with one three, and, and you're like, no, I'm not going in there. I've lost play at the back, you know. And, and and every race was a competition. Every race was, uh, every run was everybody wanted to win. You didn't didn't want to come come last or, or, or second. Uh, and and also, you know, we, each night we we do our thousand sit ups. Every training session, we did a thousand sit-ups, and wow. we'd, we'd we'd stay back and uh, and and when you're doing sit-ups and you, you think you've, you've done enough, you know, GL will be there. Give me another fifty, and <laughs> you, you had no choice. You did it, but that uh, but that was driven of by by Eric and the respect we had for Eric. 
that initial season was a, a phenomenal season and, and probably in in my opinion um, and, and others may differ but it's one of the best uh, uh, club seasons in the league in, in the history of the game in the Illawarra and uh, for a coach to come into the first year and and you, like you said you had some quality players but to mould it all together you know he must have I guess gained respect early enough it, it didn't start that way we, I think in, in that 93 season, we got knocked out of the Coromel Leagues, I think in the semi-final by Coniston. Yep. And then our, I think we our first game of the season was against a promoted Balambi up at Elizabeth Park and we drew. And then our second game at home was against Fernil and I think we were like 3-0 down at halftime and, and the boos were going. And walking off the field, I think it was three-one down or something like that. And 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 the Eric out, Eric out chant was was going in the crowd by 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 some of the spectators. So it didn't start off that well. We ended up drawing that game against Fernhill, and and then yeah, and then it it, it started to click. But again, that, that's that was Eric's the way he made it all click was he kept it simple for us. He didn't try and overcomplicate. He, he knew he, he had really good players there. And he just let let the good players play, and everyone else supported that. So that was his way of molding molding everything in and and and, and getting it to work. And we we he gave us that never die attitude. Defense was key. Um, I think at, I think that season, I think we did, we went like ten games in a row, uh, league and 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 cup because we won the Bampton Cup that year as well without conceding a goal. But again, that was the system that he, he put in. Everybody was in charge of their own man and nobody wanted to let anyone else down. Yeah, he his influ- influence in, in that respect was, was massive. And um, again, it was a shaky start, but just the personality of the guy, you, you didn't want to let him down. Um, the way he spoke to you and like he, he, he was firm when, when he needed to be firm, but he, he, he wasn't a... a I ran to and raver all the time. There was a couple of times where I, I remember him, you know, throwing his clipboard down and giving us, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if he'd give us a f- sake, or pardon me for for swearing, or he'd give us, you're giving me nothing, son. You're giving me nothing. <laughs> but um, inevitably, uh, the quality that we had in the side and the, the experience and the fitness levels that we had, you know, pushed through and and more more than. More often than not, we yeah, we came through. I think we only lost like one game that year, and 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 funny enough, I think it was against Balgani. <laughs> that year, and I've seen some pictures, and even in '94, there was it was more than just um, a successful club team. It, it seemed that there was a real spirit amongst the coach and the players, and even uh, the committee and spectators. Um, do you think uh, Eric had a, a part to play in that? A massive part. He brought it all together. Again, winning—that—that's a byproduct of winning. The players all, all kind of knew each other and respected each other, and we worked hard for each other. He—he he, he had a core of players like myself, Bobby, Normie, Luby Televsky, Jason Higgs that were already there, and, and all, all, all pretty good players. And then he brought in, you know, the likes of Steve Krishna, Jeff Allport, GL, Zivi, and all these guys, and and it just kind of. All blended, and if if you speak to Jason Higgs, he'll 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 explain it as as the perfect storm. And we've spoken about this uh, a million times. Everything just came together. The club was just in in the right time, but we 
we'd always been there or thereabouts. We were never, we were never league champions or, or anything like that. I think leading into that, we, we made the grand final in 87, but lost. We made uh, a Bampton Cup with Daryl Glover, I think, in 80, 89, 90 or something like that, but lost to Paul Kemmler. And then when Harry Satton was coaching, I think, 91 or around that time, we'd won the Bampton Cup. So we'd only really won a Bampton Cup. And, and talking to Norm Janeski, the president at the time, he was very ambitious. He was he was talking about clubhouses and fields and and the club being really successful, and, and he was always uh, a driving force behind that. So it it all kind of came in, you know, the, the the right committee came in with the right coach who brought the right players to mix in with the players that were already there, and it, and it kind of all came together at the right time. Yeah, we were, we were very successful. What was he like as a man? It seems that all the players, and you've spoken about it already, had a had a great real individual relationship with him. So how is he as a, as a man to you and, and how has he influenced your, your football? He was father figure, kind of, um, more friend than, than he, he knew, he knew where the line was. Like he, he, he would, he would have a go at me sometimes if, if, if I didn't perform well, rarely, mind you, but there were, there were times. Yeah. Uh, and he, he, but he would have he, he'd have a quiet word with me because I don't respond to the raving, ranting, and all that sort of stuff. But he'd pull me aside and, 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 and he'd, he'd, know, he'd know which, which buttons to press. Uh, and that was his strength. Is he knew individually what, what made guys tick and he could suss guys out pretty early. So uh, I, I was fortunate that I, I got – pretty close to him and, and I'm sure all the guys w- would feel the same way we would talk about you know football um, we, we'd, uh, we'd have phone conversations and even even later on uh, after uh, he left Crinny and, and, and I left Crinny we, we still kept in contact simply because we built more than just uh, a player coach relationship it was we, we became good friends like when he got sick you know we, we went to see him at, at, at the hospital and, and up in Sydney and visited him and but but the strength of it was he, he knew he could suss out what, what made guys tick very very early and uh, and he'd communicate them communicate to them effectively in that respect so um, and for me it was he was always someone that, that they could come and have a quiet word to me and you know a, a calming influence for me like I said um, you know there were times when when he would he would blow his his, his lid but it wasn't a token gesture when when yeah. he blew his lid. He, he did it with with people that that would respond to that uh, way of communicating. Whereas whereas I didn't. Like he'd, he'd pull me up, have a quiet word, and he'd, he'd say he'd say like, "Yeah, Guido's not getting a touch for easy." And I'm like, "No, nah, no chance, Eric." Or 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 you know, you know, Donny Donny um, early shower today, isn't he? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll get first first use of the water, you know. But and that's no disrespect to, to, to those boys, and that they're, they're great guys and great opponents, and I'd love playing against them. But that's what it was like with me, you know. He'd, he'd, he'd come in and, and just give me a quiet word, and and I knew that if if any of my opponents scored, but I'd be letting him down personally, not the club or by other other um, teammates, or I'd, I'd be letting him down. And when I played, I, I had tendency of blocking everything out. Like, I, I, I don't hear crowd. I, I don't – I hear three voices. It's the voice of my father sitting on the hill, the only voice I can hear. 
um, the voice of my teammates uh, and the voice of, of, of Eric. So for me, it, it, when he, like, I scored a goal in, a, in, in the 94 grand final simply by Wollongong Olympic. We had a corner. Wollongong Olympic were defending a corner and Justin Roberts, the guy that I was marking, went back to defend the corner. And um, I didn't go. I stayed on the halfway line. And and I think there was like five thousand people in at Brandon Park that that day. It was one. I think it was one of the biggest um, yeah. Premier League crowds ever. And and all I could hear is Eric screaming at me, "Go with him! Go with him! <laughs> He's your man. You defend him." And yeah, you know, the ball fell to me, and and uh, I I describe it as a as a screamer outside the box. But it was like, <laughs> it was it was it was just a, a toe poke that that went in from a meter away, but. Had had I not heard him on the sideline, and, and and not paid attention to to everything he he, he would say to me, I would, would never have scored that goal in the grand final. You know, so that that was his influence. You, 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 I, I would have done anything that he wanted uh, on the field and, and and off the field, basically. So that was his effect on me. Like I I, I was so afraid to let him down because of, of what he'd done for me. In, in a in a footballing term, like uh, before he came to to Crini, I was I was just a, a average, everyday run of the mill player, nothing special. But but in those two three years that he was, he was there at, at Crini, I, I became one of the best defenders in the league. Uh, I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but um, no. it, it, that, that's that's where I built my name under him. So I was I was grateful to him because he gave me that opportunity to play at a club that I love. To play with players that, that I love, and and to be very successful at, at that at, at that club, so um, I owed a great deal to, to him because my my football a- a- ambitions weren't huge. I when I joined Cringilla, I just wanted to go play with my mates in the under 18s and have a kick around. I never thought that I'd ever be good enough to to play first grade. The fact that I played, uh, uh, you know, nearly 16 years of first grade at, at, at Cringilla. And then other clubs uh, is a bonus. I just wanted to – I was grateful to play one game. But um, if it wasn't for Eric, he probably would have stayed at one game. But, uh, yeah, so uh, he, he was a massive influence. Well, Ice, uh, I can't thank you in terms of words. Uh, it won't be enough uh, like the other people that I've interviewed so far. Your your words are giving me goosebumps and your memories. and Yeah. And um, you're really uh, definitely uh, reliving um, some of the moments you had with him and, and telling us your great memories. And, and I sincerely yeah. thank you for, for your time. And if you a few final words, um, please uh, please add them on. I'm not a, I'm not a very emotional guy. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty uh, you know, I can hold my feelings in pretty, pretty tight. Like as an adult, I've, I've only cried um, yeah, three or four times that, that I can remember. One... One was when I picked up my fourth yellow card in '93 in the <laughs> semi-final in, in the semi-final against Fern Hill. We were leading three-one, and it was about ten minutes to go. And, and bloody Prooksy ran across me and <laughs> fell over on the edge of the box. And Mario came up and gave me my fourth card, um, which meant that I missed the grand final in '93 again. That was at Balgiani. So I, when everyone else was celebrating. A grand final appearance. I was in, you know, a belly. The, the 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 sheds were split. Yep. I was on I was on the other side crying like a baby, and 
I, I cried when my when my daughter was born. I can remember that. I cried when my daughter was born, um, my first daughter, and I cried when when I found out that that Eric Eric passed away. Um, that, and I'm I'm starting to well up now. Um, that was his influence on me. Like he was more than just a coach. I've had I've had 10, 15, 20 coaches in my in my career, but he was he was by far and away. Um, a coach, friend, father figure, mentor, um, whatever words you want to put in, in in that in that sentence. So yeah, so he did he did he did mean a lot to me. Well, um, I think we'll leave it on that note. It's a it's a sweet sweet uh, ending for me. And and as always, Ice, uh, I thank you for your time um, and um, and support and and really appreciate you being part of this podcast. Matt, absolutely honoured to, to be part of it. Thank you very much. My name is uh, Johnny Simonoski and um, I was lucky enough to be coached by Eric during the championship years at Cringilla. I think they were 93 and 94. Yeah, and so um, they were great times and great memories. And what were your uh, first impressions of Eric uh, when he came to the club? Oh, look, I, I went to the club at the same time as Eric in 93. But my first impressions of Eric, or the thing that comes to mind all the time when I hear the name Eric Thompson, is actually, like, you know, gentleman. No matter if it was a game day or whether it was a training session, Eric would always be standing near the entrance um, of the play sheds. Um, and he would greet you with a firm handshake and a smile and, and, and say, how are you going? How's your day? And so I think from that perspective, he, you know, he always showed that he cared for you as an individual, not only as a, you know, a member of his playing squad. Okay. Um, and I think that the fact was that, you know, that was the same for everybody, really. It didn't matter if you were um, in the 19s in, the, in his first grade squad or whether you're one of the supporters or even an opposition player um, or an opposition supporter. He always greeted you with that firm handshake, with the tilted sort of elbow, and, um, you know, smiled and said day and wanted to know more about you as a person rather than just about the football element. From your perspective, um, in those that first year in particular, which was a highly successful year, um, uh, how did how did that evolve in terms of him coaching a new group of players and and you being new to the club? How did you see him uh, putting his philosophy on on the team and the club? Yeah, look, um, from that coaching perspective, Eric was really quick to install discipline, um, so we knew who was boss. But we also, um, he also gave us the, the latitude to be free as individuals in terms of, you know, if playing the football on the field. You know, you had people like Stephen Krishna who were very gifted with a ball. So you'd never hear him saying, stop, don't do that. Yeah. But in terms of team structure and, and that type of thing, he, he um, you know, he installed a style of play and, and we just kept on. Um, going over and over of that style of play and, and, and that commitment and that loyalty to team and the effort. Eric believed a lot in technique. And yep. so this was one of the things that he espoused on people from a one-on-one perspective. So I remember for me, and this is my vivid memory of Eric, um, my personal vivid memory, and that's that's about like, you know, shooting at goal. He had this technique of high hip, sort of go through the thigh and snap 
snapped sort of the calf. Yep. Um, so your backswing wasn't really a backswing and lofty, but it, you'd actually snap so you had the power. So when you went through the ball, you know, it would actually travel with pace. And so Eric had, I'd, I'd say, that type of philosophy and energy with everyone in his squad and would coach everyone differently for what they needed. From your perspective, uh, you're new at a club. Um, you've got this coach that has a, has a certain charisma and and a way he does things. Um, and, and the mix of guys you had, it, it must have created a, a special relationship amongst uh, teammates, committee and, and the fans and, and the players themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I, I didn't know it at the time. I was, I was pretty young. I think I was 19 and 20 and I probably didn't think I was a people person, but I've since sort of found out I get a lot of energy out of um, out of people and, and, and interaction, and and Eric allowed that to flourish. Um, well, and you know, and and that's how we won games because we were we were a united mob that you know worked together and and played hard together, and then you know would go and enjoy our success on a Saturday evening and not too too hard, but then you know back on Tuesday working hard um, together. It was, it was quite interesting, and I've sort of seen some other people talk about it in terms of he brought a lot of new people together from a different a number of different areas and blended us all well. But I think that was his part of, you know, and ensuring that we all knew our role and that we played our role within the team. And, and so everyone had a role in that structure and that formation. And then it was just the discipline and the, the repetition of continually going through that to hone it and to become better at it and continue to improve. And is there still any uh, um, other vivid memories of uh, any funny moments or, or sort of key moments that you can recall with him where maybe there was a, yeah, a funny moment or, or something that sort of uh, thought, well, that, that is Eric? Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's a funny moment, but um, the one thing I do, the other thing I do remember from Eric is that when we were leading at half time, his half time speech, if if it was if we were leading two 0 for instance, he he would always come in and reaffirm that a team does not lose um, from two 0 up. Yep. And, and so once again, whilst maybe not funny, and sorry, not being no, no, it's all good, but it's about it's about the fact that you know he 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 once again had these philosophies and these coachings and teachings. And that he would just give you that sort of confidence and reassurance that keep doing what you're doing because it's it's bringing you to where you want to be, which ultimately in the game of football was to win the game over 90 minutes. And so it, it was these little tippets that he always had. And I, I think um, as I was doing a bit of prep for, for this, the other thing I think that, you know, Eric was doing mindfulness and things like that and working with us on our minds, you know, well, I was in the 90s, but he would have been doing it with teams in the 70s and 80s long before this sort of, you know, buzzers hit professional yeah. sport in the last five years. So, um, but he did it in his Eric way, which was, you know, once again, cared about the human um, first, made you feel maybe not special, but actually listened to. And he was there, he was present when he was talking to you and, or coaching you and, and and taking that forward. Well, I think that's... Uh... A wonderful uh, personality trait that he had, and and that seems to be coming through when when I talk to people uh, about him. Uh, 
so Johnny, um, uh, before we uh, end end uh, uh, our interview, um, uh, how has Eric affected you in in other parts of your life? Look, I think that's a great question, actually, because to this day, you know, I use some of the leadership techniques that Eric taught us um, as as soccer players in in like my professional career off the field. Things like you know being present and listening to people when they speak to you and tell you something, you know, creating a routine and discipline and practicing your your skills and what you're good at where you're in the office. Um, but then also, you know, this whole buzz around continuous improvement. Well, it was about, you know, hone the technique, but then look to improve. And I think the, the last thing that I, I think Eric was, was he was so humble with all the success that he created um, in the, like not only on the field but off the field like there were so many players that he he created and gave young players that he gave opportunity to you know like everyone's heard of Matt Horsley but there was a lot of us that played in local leagues that you know were 18 19 20 and won titles because of Eric and you know he was always humble and and he always you know wanted people to give their best um, and brought the best out of you and I guess that's the thing. As a leader, he brought the best out of out of people that he coached. Um, and I think that's just a life lesson. I'd like to thank you, Johnny. It means a lot to me. And and um, from what I've just heard from you, it, there's uh, a lot of fantastic memories there um, about Eric in, in your heart and mind as well. So thanks a lot. Thank you very much. It's an absolute honour. Thank you. Yeah, hi, my name's uh, Jason Hicks. I uh, first met Eric back in the late 80s um, playing at uh, Fig Tree. Eric was coaching, I think, Bally at that stage as well too and always always a lovely man whenever we played. Always willing to talk to a lot of the young blokes from all different clubs and uh, see what they were up to and encourage the younger ones through the local area and that's, that's sort of borne out in history of Eric. He was um, very supportive of the young talent in the local area as well. First time I ever actually spoke to Eric, funnily enough, was um, the ISA presentation night at uh, 1992. I um, spent my first year at Cringilla. I, I had the luxury of spending a year there with all the Cringilla lads before 1993 um, 94 And um, yeah. funnily enough, I, I was late. Um, I'd been invited there as, um, as one of the candidates and um, I raced in late and there was Eric on day at the old Coromel Leagues. There I was um, running past Eric while he was having a durry in one of his infamous bourbons and uh, I stopped and well, yeah, I think we had a chat for about 20 minutes just about football and about life and about a few different things and always respected him and always had a good word to say, always had a positive word to say about um, and loved the game and, and, and loved every everyone that participated. So Funnily, funnily enough, then um, Mario Mastroianni had to come out and grab me um, to come in for the presentation. Um, I was too busy having a chat with Eric outside, so I was just transfixed. Um, had a huge amount of rap on him and a, a huge amount of time for clubs he'd coached and um, things he'd done. He's just a just a, a great human being, and yeah, I got dragged off to that off the presentation night. So, so yeah. So that um, first meeting where you're having an in-depth conversation when you should be inside. Uh, being part of the presentation was at that point because it was at the end of the season was he then uh, officially part of Cringilla at that point or he was just there as I think he was with Wollongong Serbia that year yeah and and that's the thing Truck. He, he, 
he never mentioned it. And and later on when I spoke to him in at pre-season as we were slogging up and down a hill or doing a thousand sit-ups, he, he I said, did you, did you know that you bugger? Did you know you're going to be the gaffer then? And he just laughed. <laughs> so that was typical, Eric. So look, um, he didn't whether he knew or not. I didn't. He didn't let on to me. Um, it was just a, just a genuine chat, and and yeah, that was it. But a couple of months later, when we started slogging away pre-season for '93, um, yeah, Eric turned up, and yeah, as they say, it's history after that. That pre-season that you're talking about, um, other gentlemen um, that I've spoken to, whether it be University or even Baugiani and, and Tarawana a little bit as well, has spoken about fitness being one of his, uh, I guess, key focuses as a coach. That seems to be the case that he really uh, pushed you guys hard in that 93 pre-season. Oh, amazingly so. Everyone, I mean, the 92 Cringilla side, where there was a core group of players in here that are that were amazing players. Uh, Luby Teleski um, was player of the year the year before. Bobby Tupincheski, Iceman, uh, Nomi Janseski, um, Dushkash Kutevsky. So lots of really talented footballers. And the guys who came over, um, Steve Krishna, Graham Lovett, Jeff Allport, um, Ziv Krasovsky, everyone had a history of working hard and playing at clubs at the Wolves and other places as well. But this preseason was something else. And I think, I think Eric gets... I mean, a lot of people focus on the hard work principle with Eric, but I think his technical knowledge of the game totally gets missed with a lot of the com- the commentary on it because Eric's idea of, of football is that let's attack and let's score, but first attackers are our defenders, and that started from our goalkeeper. So Cradge, our Crooney, was our first attacker. Yeah. And Graham Lovett, being a top man, playing as the nine, was the first defender. And coaches still to this day, and even when I coached, that's how I coached. The best time to get the ball back is straight after we've lost it. So you need it, and the, and the best time to attack is when we have the ball from the back. So I think, yeah, hard work, yes, but you needed that hard work. You need those miles in your legs to be able to play those systems that we played. And it was totally foreign to us all. But, yeah, our intensity of that and the way we trained um, was way harder than any game we played. So... Yeah, well, I think hard work, yeah, and repetition and road learning of things and system uh, was great, and that was all about Eric, but it was a reason for it. The reason was so we could press hard and press high for 90 minutes and, and get the ball back, and we were super fit, and that continued all season. So Tuesday nights, yeah, wow, we I think we'd done sit-ups, sit push-ups, uh, laps of the field, shuttle runs, nothing too long that everything's short and sharp like you would in a game. And um, there was that many players there that wanted to be at the club that we had 20 first grades. So you can just imagine it was a it was a battle every Tuesday and Thursday night. So you wanted to be a part of it. Um, and Eric drove that. He drove that with his passion. And, yeah, we just followed on. And it was amazing to be a part of. Yeah, and you spoke about it, and that was probably my follow-up question. You've answered part of it, was that there was such a, compared to the other clubs that he'd been at, where he still had success, um, whether it was a Bampton Cup at Tarawana or even back at university, making them seriously competitive in their division or Baugani and the success he had there. But there was a, a cavalcade of very good IPL stars in that team. So you need more than just fitness to win competitions in that era. So, um, yeah, it, it must have been fascinating for you to watch as a player and then reflecting on as a coach later on what he did to galvanise and get a rapport going with the group. I think that's the key, Chuck, because, 
you, you have to be a good man manager when you've got when you've got 11 first graders or 10 first graders and you drag a couple of guys from youth grade that is what it is <laughs> you've got what you've got <laughs> eric had two first grades and not one player left the club Conno had won the league the year before so there was pressure on straight away as that yeah. the macedonian rivalry which i'd sort of grasped a little bit the year before against Conno and yeah when we were beaten i mean it, 2,000 people at Cream Park and 2,000 people at Kelly Park. It is, it's amazing. And I, I listened to Gus talk in your, your first episode talking about, you know, the rivalry and how it is and the passion for it. Yeah, Eric could Eric navigated that like he'd been doing it for years. <laughs> that man management, being able to deal with the Zifko Rostovsky, being able to deal with the still Stephen Krishner, but deal with 18 other blokes that wanted their spots. Um, I think that was a real credit to him. And the respect that people had for him, I think that flowed on into performance. Whereas, you know, guys who were playing reserve grade that could have played first team anywhere else, stayed around, were a part of it, were an amazing part of it, put pressure on those first team lads. And, and that's why there was success, because there was competition. It was a war in the five-a-side on Tuesday nights. It was a war Thursday night. You wanted, you were desperate. You were desperate to play Saturday so I'd never experienced that anywhere. And, and, and I'd been at the Wolves and been overseas a little bit and been in successful teams, but never, ever, ever, <laughs> ever did I experience that. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was amazing to be a part of. And what was he like from your perspective on game day? How would he uh, approach sort of pre-game and, and during the game? Well, I think Eric was an absolute epitome of just coolness. It was the hard work had been done. I mean, the, the pre-season had been done and it was hard and, and, and Monday, Tuesday to Thursday was done. Saturday was the icing on the cake and um, we knew we'd done the work and he had faith in us. And I mean, I think out of us, respect, we started to, I mean, we started to uh, add fitness ourselves. I mean, when he'd, he'd end training, we'd continue training. There was, I mean, Graham Lovett's prime, prime example. Graham Lovett came from Bali and Graham was the nine. He was our target man, but he was also a, not the captain, but he was the leader of that group. And no one would leave until we did our own fitness at the end of training. So Eric got Graham, not only for the fact that he was a gun striker, but the fact that he was that individual that could motivate us or others around him. And, he, and, and his man management and recruitment around that. I mean, Steve Krishna, Jeff Walport, Zifko, um, and added that to the blend that was already there as well. And then Matt Horsley at a later period as well too. And Matt just stepped off like he just stepped onto the pitch like he'd been there for 10 years. So that credits to Eric and, and being able to manage ego and manage expectation from not only the uh, Macedonian committee in Karinjala, but the committee. Um, Norby, Normie Janeski took over as the uh, – he takes a lot of credit with in company with Eric and the way that club got turned around for those couple of years. And um, – yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's something that I look so fondly back on, and Ice and I talk a fair bit about this, and we have in the past of, and we're always spoiled when we try and coach players these days. We're always looking for ninety three, ninety four. We're always <laughs> looking for for that. That's what we are for mates, for trophies, for family, for that, um, and we're always looking for it. We never find it, but we're always looking for it. And although it's hard. Uh... Sometimes when you're in the moment, like you said yourself, you're, you're one of the players. It was a successful year in terms of the league, the grand final. But uh, on reflection and then coming up into 
talking to me about Eric. Uh, can you sort of remember uh, how he behaved after these achievements and, and w- w- the sense on his face or how he talked or, or what the celebrations with him were like? I think we celebrated really hard, 93, 94. The club had sort of not won trophies for several years. And then to win over that two-year period, I think six out of the seven trophies that were on offer, yeah. five out of six, yeah, we, we did party hard. And, and and Eric encouraged that. Eric encouraged enjoyment, uh, drinking and smoking. He was he was front and centre of all that as well too. And But very self-effacing, but very... You know, understated sort of human. Everyone who talks about Eric's, and sometimes people talk about Eric, well, he may have been a little bit soft. I found, I, blokes from McCrimmon in those years will tell you that I found the other side of Eric too. And you got on to, you know, you didn't didn't achieve his expectations or even try, and I was guilty of that a couple of times. And he'd send you out and call you out on it. So you knew you made a mistake. And then you'd try your best to, to work your way back in. Yeah, he, he, he really enjoyed it. It, it was pride um, for him and the fact that he'd come in and he, and he pretty much resurrected the club um, and then everyone loved him. Although I've just looked back in the last couple of days at, at our results in 93, we had two draws out of three the first three rounds. So I can't remember the crowds back then. Two <laughs> games at home where we drew the Russell Vale and we uh, we drew with uh, Bulli- no, Russell Vale and Fernhill and we beat Bulleye 1-0 or something. By round four, I think there would have been a few. Not that we were really exposed to that. Eric's, Eric always, there was no pressure from anyone. Eric, the only pressure what, that we were worried about was from Eric and whether we were going to be selected on a Saturday. But we beat Life Arts 5-0 in round four and that was it. Then off we went from there. So I, I think learning the Eric system, where we played three at the back. Now these days playing a flat three with four midfielders and three out-and-out strikers, a lot of teams couldn't cope with that. We had, you know, but every player defended and every player attacked. And it's still way ahead of its time. And still what coaches coach now, you know, when we lose it, let's get back behind the ball, get it back. Yeah. And when we have it, we're all attackers. That was from Cradge. Cradge played. Cradge couldn't kick the ball very far, but Cradge could play with his feet and Cradge could throw the ball. So we often played out from the back in 93. And, and that's where teams, you know, and that's from Eric, and that's from Ziffy as well too. Had a lot to do with the technical side of things, but yeah, we all played. It was all a, it's all a try and play football. So, yeah. Uh, for yourself, uh, when you do uh, think of Eric, was there certain um, sayings or mannerisms um, in terms of the way he uh, sort of behaved at training or game day that still stick in the memory? Well, I remember Eric, I mean, I often used to get the training early and Crabs used to get there early as well. And Eric would be there early. He'd be there an hour before and an hour after, like first to, first there and first to, to leave. But not so much really vocally. I mean, I remember one saying, he, he told me once in the, in the sheds there, well, I think we were down 2-0 against Wollongong Olympic at home. And he pretty much told me in front of all the players, he said to me that I was giving him nothing. And he <laughs> said it in his own way in front of the – and I was so embarrassed. I still remember it. And the players remember it. I, Bill Saunders or uh, Robbie Davies, all these guys, well, they, they say it in the way Eric says it, and he has a <laughs> certain drawl to it, like he's the gunslinger. And uh, and he's, you're giving me nothing, Jace. And that, that's, it, that's it. And he just looked at me. And that's it. I, I, I thought I was dragged. I thought I was pretty hot crap after 92 and getting player of the year and being all that. And this is around that round six. And I, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm dragged here. I'm out of his team already. But he left me on. And... Um, 
had a bit of a quiet chat going out the tunnel and, yeah, got two goals in the second half and then he bit of a wink after the game and he says, that's what I'm, my expectations are, you know. So I think Eric, very understated, but never a soft man, always knew what he wanted out of his teams. And, yeah, that was hard work and graft. But that was, I think, what we all took away from Eric as well. And it wasn't just about football. It was the way he sort of encouraged us to have good ethics as young men. I mean, we're all similar ages. I mean, me and Jeff grew up together playing reps in Illawarra, Jeff Allport. Yeah. Um, we're all around 22, 23. Ice and I are the same age. Steve, Christian's about 48 now, but yeah, he would have been 21, 22. So we're all that similar spot in our lives. And I just think Eric was that sort of other father figure that, you know, yeah, we had our dads. But when we went to training, it was, and we're not going to mess around here. This is, this is dad part two. And yeah, so... But we, we knew where we wanted to go with it. Um, and I think it's a credit to all the players as well as the committee and, you know, the supporters. That they let him have a bit of time to do that. And coaches these days don't get that opportunity. I mean, already you're out the door after a couple of rounds if you haven't got the result. But they knew, I mean, normally the president knew where he wanted to go. He knew, knew he wanted to play good football because winning a league or winning a game wasn't good enough. We had to win it with style. We had to play well. People that pay their five bucks to get into Cream Park deserve better. And I remember Eric said that. He goes, they, 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 they deserve to see a team play some football. So that's what we're going to do. And we did. We were lucky. We were lucky. And, yeah, through hard work and a lot of drills and a lot of training and a lot of hard effort. But, yeah, just the right perfect storm at the right time that a lot of players and people in life don't get. I was lucky. I was so lucky to have that. And was, was proud to be a part of it. The overall sense that I get from these interviews is uh, what you've spoken about already. Uh, but for yourself in particular, um, after uh, finishing there with Eric and, and moving on to other parts of your career where you played and coached, uh, what did you take away from Eric as, as a person, as a coach, into those other parts of your football life? Yeah, absolutely, Track. I mean, it's a constant thought process. When you when you achieve success and, and there's a recipe for it, you do go back to parts of it. I mean, you know, from the physical side of things, that's developed a little bit now. Instead of doing the Rocky Balboa runs through the steelworks, <laughs> um, we're probably a little bit more short stuff now too. It's a little bit more game orientated. But I think, I mean, you can learn a lot about, you can learn a lot in a five-a-side about a team. And Eric used to run those all the time. You know, and you'd you could not hide, and still to this day you can't hide in a thirty by thirty meter square. You got to dip a dip a toe in, and you know, I mean, in those days you could make a tackle. And let's be honest, now it's 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 cleaned up a lot, which is a good thing. But it, it used to be a lot, yeah. So you you'd learn a lot um, from basic stuff. Um, Eric Eric did wanted us to do our basic stuff: crossing, shooting, finishing, overlap, and that was done to like our time tables. So that. That's still important to learn basics of the game and then with intensity. So that that's what I took a lot of. I mean, we can learn a thousand drills, but ultimately if if, if you have a work ethic and intensity, add that to your to your training and, and the game will be the easy part of the week. That's what I always took. Let's work hard Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays the cream on the cake. That's where we're going to show what we've learned and add our intensity to it. And yeah, recruiting, I mean, that's super important um, it's as to how you want to play your team. Eric, you know, at, at Crini probably had the benefit of having a lot of different players and a lot of different styles, but he still put his stamp on what he wanted to see, which was everyone defends, everyone attacks. And 
Yeah, well, we had fullback scoring goals in grand finals. I will tell you in the 94 grand final, him and Jeff were the two goal scorers. So <laughs> guys that played at the back. So, yeah, I, I, I think you'll really take his passion and preparation. Eric was so well prepared. I mean, you, you wouldn't, by looking at him and he's pretty easy going, preparation um, prevents that, you know, that bad performances. Yeah, and that's what I take. I mean, I, I used to do a lot of work. And football for Eric was 12 months of the year. <laughs> he was always talking to players. He was always, <laughs> you know, it, it would happen all year, you know, every day of the week. And if he wasn't coaching it, he was talking about it. And, yeah, it, it, Crinny, for me, was a great thing for him to be a part of because he got to also see the passion of the support yeah. and people that would come from all over Wollongong and all over, you know, Macedonian people that would, and still, Revered tones at, at Cringula. His photo's still up on the wall. He's still spoken about like that. You know, it's wow. Eric Thompson, you know, and, and it's it's those guys and their kids and their kids' kids. So you've got grandkids of around of people who remember around about that time still talk of him. So that's hugely a, a great thing to that, that that you're, you know, personally that I was associated with as well because he was a part of it. You know? And, yeah, we've all been through coaching and done different things and, Ice is back there coaching now and the world turns and, and yeah, but I could never learn enough from him. I always picked his brain because I always thought I was going to be a coach one day. So, yeah, his, his way of explaining things was so simple. Yeah, it was, you know, learn your five times tables, Jason. So, yeah, he <laughs> put the ball out to me from the middle and I'd go down the byline and I'd clip across back to Graham Lovett, who was sweeping back stick to head the ball. And that, we just did that. Crabs would get there early, practice his goal kicks, practice crosses. That that became a thing where everybody turned up early to the point where and we were getting kicked out of the ground at 9 o'clock at night. So <laughs> it wasn't a fluke. Um, and we had some really great ingredients. But, yeah, that, that's down to a lot of Eric's man management, person management, and, um, and yeah, just to, to reinforce it through us. When I asked you to, to be a part of this podcast and uh, you accepted and you... I guess, started having thoughts about Eric uh, and even elsewhere in your life where you do speak to others about Eric. Uh, what's your first visual memory of him when, when you think of Eric? Oh, mate, I, I think of the smoke and the, and the bourbon. That's straight away because that's the happy time <laughs> after the game. But, look, I, I can just see him with a bag of balls because I know he used to always do his goalkeeper training. He'd forever just have a bag of balls. And he'd come and he'd, at the end of 94, he got the 93, 94 number plates. And, <laughs> and and if you saw that coming up the hill, yeah, you could you could never beat him to training. It was just a yeah, a bag of soccer balls. Whether he was helping kids at Judy Masters or whether he was tossing balls for Cratch to do practices or, you know, throwing headers or something like that. He always he was always doing something football related, you know. And he had such respect. I mean, no, no one could say a bad word about him, from the clubs he'd been at to supporters to Yeah, he, and, and that was fantastic you know, to see that from Quinjil's perspective. But I uh, did Tarawana, Bally. When my two uncles are Paulie and Kenny Landrigan and they told me the story of Eric before I ever met him. They were Tara boys and they played up there in the eighties and late seventies when he was working with um Ferry Meadow. My uncle played in Ferry Meadow, first team in state league and yeah, he talked about him when I was a kid and talking to him later on in life, yeah. That's um I was lucky to have him as a coach. But more I think as a man, I mean, I think I learned more of him ethics of life from Eric, not just football. That was just that was how he carried himself, and it was a good example for us as kids, definitely.
Well, Jason, it does mean a lot to me, and I think I've uh, repeated that many a times, but um, he's an important uh, figure in my mind and, and many others, and, and hence why I've gone down um, with him as my first sort of looking back at someone that has passed and has meant a lot to people in the area in a football sense and in a personal sense. So um, I'd like to thank you for being part of this podcast and, and giving up your time and your memories and recollections on Eric. It's, it's fantastic and brilliant. No worries, Track. It's my pleasure. Great man. Hi, uh, my name's Jeff Allport. My recollections of uh, Eric Thompson go back to probably 1992 when I first met Eric. I just left the Wolves and had my first season in the Illawarra Premier League with Wollongong Serbia um, back in the day. That were the, at that stage, playing out of the Police Boys Club, and yep. Zivko Rostovsky was the coach at the time, and Eric came on board and, and was assisting um, Zivko, and it was just a that my first uh, recollections of Eric was just he was a very humble, calm man that um, was extremely passionate about his football and could talk football all day, which um, suited me down to the ground and had an, uh, like an instant attraction and a, a friendship that yeah, I just knew early doors was going to be something that was very special to me and it proved to be that way. And I guess the, the main part of that would come the next year when... Both Zivko and Eric, in a sense, swapped roles. Eric became the, yeah. the manager, the coach manager, and, and Zivko was the, the basically the trainer and, and one of the main main players of the Klingilla side. And I went along to that, and we forged at, at Eric's doing a, a very strong side that had um, you know a couple of extra outstanding seasons actually, and that was to Eric's great credit. Now reflecting on it, do you see that? The key to Eric being who he was and why he was so respected was that in 92 he had the assistance role with Zifko and then the next year equally um, successful in terms of working with the same person, they just reversed roles. So it says a lot about him, doesn't it? It does. It, it does. And, and I think you know, many things about Eric, it was his ability to relate to people. He, he stayed humble through throughout all the time that I, I knew him and you know when it came to football one person wasn't ever better than the other person and th that was reflected in his great relationship with Zivko it was also reflected in his ability to um and capacity to want to know his players really uh, above and beyond just you know being at training and game day and you know yeah it, it just it, it really look, reflecting on on his ability uh, Ability to do that, um, I think, was one of his really great strengths. And like you said, there it, it took a lot of uh, uh, humility from both Eric and Zivko to do what they did in both those years, didn't it? It did. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And 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 at a club that I think hadn't had much success, but was again very passionate and in in a position where it was a hardworking club. There was some. Great players there that were basically stalwarts, stalwarts of the club. But Eric um, brought in, you know, a, a number of other players, uh, and basically was able to get all that to gel um, very, very quickly. And you and you got a real sense of that, you know. And that was early on in, in that season of '93 as well. It was just you know the way we were able to relate to each other, and 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 Eric's demeanour throughout that time really didn't change. But um, he he was just such a passionate man, and. 
I loved his football and, you know, we, we, we all gravitated to that, uh, which was great. And like you said, there was uh, some real strong players there at Cringilla. Um, other players like yourself came in. Eric came in as well and, and Zifko did as well. So, um, you know, it must have still been um, tough initially to have all this quality coming together, including Zifko and Eric as well on in terms of coaching and managing. So um, could you foresee what, what transpired? Yeah, well, I, I guess it, it also stemmed back from the previous season because there was a, a wonderful, ta- wonderfully talented squad that was at Wollongong Serbia the year before, and it just didn't work. And you know, over over, I guess my journey and, and history with football is that it, it doesn't always work. Just you know, having really good players that there's a chemistry that needs to be found and developed and um eric's capacity to do that was was you know really key to everything that happened at cringilla so you know i I think he he worked extremely hard and and there was no there was no getting away from that um training was extremely intense and we were very disciplined and and we all bought into that because we, we knew that that was the only way we were going to have success, really. You know, it was just a, a really perfect storm, I guess, at the time. And what was his demeanour like uh, on game day? You spoke then about training being uh, pretty fierce and, and the playing group buying in and adding to that as well. But game day, what was the sort of normal yeah. way that he would come into the sheds before the game and or even before going into the sheds? What was a normal sort of game day like with Eric? Yeah, well, it, it, normally in a sense that it was very consistent. He, um, it's something that I've tried to bring into my coaching without that much success, but he always had a really calm demeanour about him. I can't recall, I can only recall on one hand and probably only two or three times all up where he, in a sense, got, you know, really blew his lid at half time and got stuck into us. The rest of the time, it was always just a, a calmness and, and a disciplined approach to what we needed to be doing and, you know, that. We, he didn't waver from that at any point in time. So when, when he did, you know, slam down that black folder that he had, you know, you, you took notice of it because it didn't happen that often. And that wasn't in a sense of because we, you know, we won more than we didn't. It was just the fact that, you know, he, there was a great deal of respect that he showed for his players and, and, and he treated them, you know, with, with a great deal of respect. And I think that's something that, we, again, we, we, was key to, to his success as a coach. Do you think his strength as a coach and as a man, that that respect and rapport that he had with his players? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And and you wanted to give that back to him. You know, he, I think I've mentioned he, he, he was he was a coach, but he was more than that. You know, he particularly, I guess, in as far as I'm concerned, he became a really important mentor um, to me uh, in the years past that initial relationship that I had as coach and player. He continued on his coaching, and you could see that, that what passion he had for that coaching. It wasn't just; it was also he was a very good. And I'm not sure how many people are aware of this, but he was an excellent and technically goalkeeper coach. Where yep. you know, he, he spent a lot of time with a lot of goalkeepers in the area as well. So, then tactically, he 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 was really good because it was just you know he was it was always a consistent message um, and there wasn't too much, you know, fluffing around the edges. We just knew what we had to do. It was, it was simple. It was direct. You know, those messages didn't really change throughout the time of my involvement with him. 
and you segued um, into my next question, which was that he has had an impact in, in your coaching life. And, and um, although you did have some other great coaches as well when we've spoken before on my podcast, uh, it must have been a, a, a big component of uh, what you put into your coaching mix. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we, we, we did a lot of shadow play. We did a lot of uh, hundreds and fifties and <laughs> lots of running. But uh, along with that, we did a lot of shadow play around trying to drill into the whole 11, you know, how, it, you know, how we moved the ball around the field um, and the structures that we played within. So it was my first experience in the sense of playing 3-4-3 and, and how I fitted into that in, you know, in a number of different positions. So, you know, it was great when you, you looked across the field and the, the quality that you had right the way through the site certainly helped. But it was that it was those training sessions in which, you know, we, we really got on the same page and was able to get us on the same page that um, was, um, you know, gave us that success really from my perspective. Was there a, a certain phrase or or words that he would use in his training or game days that sort of reoccurred that you can still recall him saying in your mind? Yeah, I I, I can always remember looking across. You know, and, and I, I, and all players do it. You know, you, you, when, when things are going well or, or not going well, you you, t- you look out the corner of your eye at times and see what the coaches, you know. A saying, but B the you know the the body language that they're displaying, <laughs> and as far as Eric's concerned, like I said, that that didn't change. You know what I mean? He, he always looked like he was in control, always looked like you know, and and he had faith in us to to be in control of the situation. So that to me was really important. It's something that I tried to take into to my coaching as well. But and I reflect as a coach on, and I've often said to myself at times, you know, at, at different stages, and you know, what what would what would Eric do in this situation and and a lot of the time, it would always come back to, well, you, you've got to work hard. Um, and there was no substitute for that. So that was something that he, he certainly instilled in me in relation to football is that you know, there's there's no shortcuts. You've, you've got to put the work in. You, and you've got to um, be prepared to you know, knuckle down and work as hard as you possibly can. And when things aren't working as well, we've got to work even harder. So, you know, that was sort of something that I, I carried on into my coaching, definitely. And when we uh, think about people that have been in our lives, and um, whether it be uh, uh, personally or uh, even in our vocations or in our sporting lives, you always sort of, uh, or I do, um, maybe I shouldn't speak for you, but I always see them in a certain spot or certain couple of spots. When when you think of Eric, uh, where do you sort of go back to or drift back to in your mind? Yeah, it would have to be Crean Park, to be honest, and... You know, I have yes, you know, um, memories that, that 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 come forward a lot, and it would be those, those training sessions that I think I've mentioned around, and you know, his his willingness to he was always first there, was last to leave, you know, he <laughs> he always um, I don't know was always passionate about, about making sure that the work was put in and that we were ready to go, and so I think it would be, and that that was pre grandstand at, at Korean Park so the dugouts were on that western side yep. on, the, on the other side now so I can remember nights where you know it was we'd have thunderstorms and it'd be pouring down and there'd be lightning and thunder going <laughs> off and 
and, and, and Eric's comment to me, I remember once, was, you know, it's just a passing shower. And meanwhile, we've got players running off the field and jumping in their cars and going home, thinking there's no way we can get back out here. But, you know, he was adamant that we could get back out there. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, good times, good memories. And um, I was part of something very special during that period of time. And final thoughts, Jeff? Final thoughts would be that, you know, what a great man. What, what and The legacy that he's left in Illawarra football. You know, I, how many how many players have, you know, had the the good luck and good fortune to be managed by Eric you know, along the way, and you know the impact that he's had at a number of clubs. You know, I've, I've talked mainly here about my involvement with him at Quinjilla, but he was at university and Wollongong Olympic and time at the Wolves as well. And you know, I'd I'd coached Illawarra teams, and he would come down and be a part of those sessions and put um, put sessions on for me, and at the drop of a hat and without you know. Uh, recourse to money or anything like that he just he just loved the game and the game loved him well i think uh, that's a beautiful sentiment to to finish this podcast interview on and and as always jeff i'd like to sincerely thank you for for the time that you've uh, given me over the last last couple of years and and the support in many ways it, it means a lot and in this instance it, it means a great deal to me so um thank you very much for for giving up your time and and your memories are about eric the great man thanks travis appreciate it my name is pablo nira i played for valley rangers in 1997 I think that was my second year sort of playing in the, the senior senior grades there. I was uh, playing youth grade at the time. I was 18. And uh, Eric was, was coaching, obviously, the first grade there is, is in, the, in the Premier League. And, uh, yeah, I, we had sort of a, a pretty successful season, I think, in the youth grade there, you know, coming up against some pretty strong sides in the, in the Premier League. I think the likes of uh, Vysart, Spooleye, Port, I think Northern United had pretty competitive sides then, and you know some of the players there uh, sort of made made a name for themselves in the local league. And we had quite a competitive team. And um, Bali, I guess it's some first grade didn't have that quite crush hot a season. And I think it was sort of towards the the tail end of that that year that um, I guess Bali was out of the the finals race and. Um, Eric uh, started to look look at um, I guess some some young talent coming through, particularly in the youth grade, as we had a pretty competitive side. And, and one of the things I can recall from uh, his team or the team at the time was he had a good blend of of uh, you know youth youth young guys and, and experience. And uh, uh, you know I was I was obviously training with with youth grade at the time, and they were coached by by Dave Deveni. But yeah, towards the, the, the latter half of that season, he, he got me into to train with the first grade, and uh, yeah, it was a bit big eye opener for me. Um, some of the guys at the club were obviously had, had years and years of experience, and um, for me, you know, it was a, a privilege to sort of train with some of these guys. You know, led led by by George um, Andrew Naylor, who sort of marshaled the defence there. And, uh, yeah, I just remember a couple of the guys there. Um, I recall. Uh, GL was a guy that, that sort of, uh, you know, he'd be he'd be starting training about half an hour before doing his own warm-ups, and you know, I guess it was a big eye-opener for me as to how, um, you know, how dedicated I guess the, the the teams were back then. And uh, yeah, as I said, I, I, I found it 
yeah, privileged to be to be called up by Eric, and uh, I just saw him as a you know, you know, true gentleman, as someone that had uh, you know, no no fear in um, you know promoting, I guess, kids that that he thought could do a job, and nothing more so than when I guess I made my debut. I got my first minutes in first grade. Again, it was towards the end of the season. I guess not much to play for, but I recall Bally playing Fernhill at, at Taraji Park there at Ray Robinson now. And uh, yeah, it was. A, I guess it was a. I, I saw how much of a grudge match it was. You know how much it meant to the the experienced guys, and they wanted to get one over. So I guess it was a local derby at the time, and um, Fernhill, I think were, you know, higher up in the table. I think they'd beaten Bally earlier that year. So it was something that the guys really wanted to get the win. And I could tell in the sheds before the game, you know, they were all pumped up. And, uh, and yeah, they performed really well. And, you know, they were up 2-1. I think, um, you know, I'd sort of got called up with the rest of the subs to warm up with about probably 20 to go maybe. And then I just remember with, uh, I'd say maybe it was the last 15 minutes, uh, Eric's called my name and, He's asked me to go on, and like for me, it was just you know like wow, like you know it's a pretty, pretty uh, uh, you know critical part of the the game, and um, and uh, for him to kind of just you know for, to put someone on that's never played first grade before, uh, you know, it gave me that vote of confidence, I think, and I think for me it was it was a, a thing of not wanting to let him down. He had that kind of vibe about him. He's just that fatherly figure, I guess. Um, and I saw the trust that he had in me. So, yeah, it went on again, um, very well guided by the experienced guys in the team. And, uh, yeah, managed to get the win. Um, so everyone was, was really happy. Uh, I could tell in the sheds how everyone was just, yeah, jubilant. And um, we ended up, uh, yeah, everyone celebrating. And then the, the, the week after, I guess, uh, Eric rewarded me with a, with a debut in the um, in the run on side, and that that game was back home, and it was against uh, a high flying Lysart's team at the time, and uh, I, I played kind of a defensive midfield role, and yeah, my first assignment was uh, was marking a pretty pretty speedy and uh, a youthful Steve Krishna, who uh, <laughs> was obviously making his name, or probably already had his, his name. Everyone knew who he was. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that's definitely a baptism of fire for me, having uh, someone like that to mark the whole game. But, you know, I think, again, like I said, I, I think it was one of those things where you just, uh, you know, you didn't want to let him down. Um, and so, yeah, I, I took all of his, his advice, the, the guys in the team as well. And I think we ended up losing that game by the odd goal. But I think by the, you know, the end of the season, you know, we – we we competed and, and and I think you know for me it was an amazing experience to be to be given that opportunity and I'm very really you know really grateful for Eric for doing that with me and being able to give me that chance and obviously he saw something in me where I could add value to the team and and as I said didn't didn't want to let him down and yeah did 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 a bit of a job and I think you know reflecting back I, I kind of only really you know knew him that, that year, uh, but obviously uh, massive impact for me, you know, obviously giving me the, the debut, but uh, I think for me, it's I just saw him as, as someone that uh, 
had was courageous enough to to kind of give young guys a go that he thought would you know had had sort of opportunity and, and talent to succeed and yeah just that trust and faith that he had in you even though you might not have had you know the, the experience behind you but uh obviously the the many years that he had over the time coaching he's he obviously had an eye for talent so for me it was uh you know it was a, it was a privilege um, you know for, for eric to kind of have selected me to uh you know go into the first grade squad and uh and play those last few games of the season um you know it obviously made a a big uh imprint in in my um you know what it did it, it actually gave me the, a, a real confidence booster because i think at the time you know i was I was sort of just young. I didn't really have aspirations to be anything except for just, you know, enjoying playing football. And, um, but, you know, I think uh, he gave me that ability or that, that confidence that I could make it at a higher level. And yeah, so I, I really look back at, at that time and just think that, you know, had, had he not given me that opportunity, it may, you know, I may not have had that opportunity in the future. So uh, definitely grateful for him to have given me that well uh pablo uh, i sincerely thank you as a as a very good friend and as a fellow bally ranger it's uh beautiful to hear your memories of eric and um in his second uh second time back at the club uh, later on in the 90s so um uh, it means a lot to me that you could uh spend a bit of time recalling uh a bit of your memories of Bally and, and what uh, Eric did for you. Um, I really appreciate um, what you've come on the phone and said about him. It, it's fantastic. No problem, Trager. Thanks, mate. It's John Frew here. Um, I coached with Eric and I, I spent a lot of time with him. I'm only too pleased to give you my memories and recollections of my time with Eric. I started uh, with Eric, I didn't, I started with Eric as being, finding out about him from players I coached. People would say, oh, they had played under Eric and he just started getting this curiosity about this guy. He was getting all these positive feedbacks from young players that he'd been a really big influence on that had ended up playing with teams I'd played with. It started to come across my my consciousness that way, and especially in my earlier earlier days when I was just starting out. I then then started coaching, and I was coaching, and Eric started coming up with, with teams I'd coached against. I really started to enjoy the way Eric coached. I can remember one classic game. It was the uh, preliminary final um, one year, I forget, but Eric had Quinjilla and I had Bulleye, and we played a draw on the weekend, and we had a Wednesday night game, and it was played on the Wednesday night in such a good spirit. It's probably one of the best games I ever played because Eric never compromised what he wanted to do for football, and always a great um, a great supporter of mine. Um, he always... And oh, never, never had a bad word to say about anybody. I've never heard Eric bag anybody. And I guess amongst the coaching fraternity, he stood out as he didn't have an ego. I think a lot of us have got pretty good, you know, pretty solid egos. Uh, I think you've probably got to have a fair sense of, you, you know, you can do the job. But Eric never come across that way. But the best part of my time with Eric was the uh, at the Olympic. 
is a guy that I coached against, had great respect for. I got appointed uh, with Wollongong Olympic, and Eric was doing the under-19s, and he put the same professionalism into those under-19s and developed those kids, which was one of his great talents. Working sort of under me, but I never never thought of it that way, but working with the under-19s and the way I worked with, with any club I was in, I was sort of the head coach, and he would be involved in team selections. He'd be involved with the whole club, and mate, he was so supportive of me. Um, never, not an ounce of I should have the job or anything like that. He was, I think, very underrated. I think one of the things was he coached the kids, well, not the kids. He coached the players. I call them kids. He coached the players, and I think he never. Uh, if I could say this, um, he never touched just the committee. He, he, he was a he was a players coach, and I think if you've spoken to a lot of players, you will get that message loud and clear. He developed not only their football, but as young men, he developed that for them. And he is a great loss to Illawarra football. Do you think uh, when you were across the coaches' bench, playing against each other, and and sort of strategising, was there yep. a certain um, energy to to him that you could sort of feel across the bench, and and um, like you said, there was a friendly and respectful rivalry. Oh, absolutely! Look, fierce competitor. I mean, he he wanted his boys to win, and that was, I still remember that's one of the most greatest games I've ever been involved with. It was just fantastic, and he his boys they played for him, and he. He want, there was no doubt he wanted to win. Um, he was very competitive. But, you know, it's like that, that as soon as the game's over or before the game, nothing but being a gentleman. But oh, he was competitive, absolutely. Yeah. And I think probably extremely underrated as a coach. And for yourself, uh, coach v. coach, um, was there something that the way he coached that you had to then sort of come up with different strategies or or fallback positions to sort of beat teams that you came up against that he coached? Well, I think one of the one of the things mostly was Cringe, he had a Cringilla squad that was really really outstanding, and I that was when I was coaching Bull, and they, I had a really strong squad, and you'd really have to look at the team he's putting on the park and where he's putting them because he. He had the way he set his team up. You knew what he was in for a little bit, and there would be key playmakers that you knew where they were, and you had to sort of make make adjustments for that. Saying you're going to make adjustments and Bernardo put them in places, they're two different things. But yeah, you, you could you could see where he was doing when he was doing this. But always going forward, I mean, he's a good defensive coach, but you you the danger of particularly that side, they were they were pretty um, deadly when they went forward. They came forward at a lot of pace and um, that well, I, at that time we were pretty oh, pretty arrogant I suppose and, and um, uh, they we had to be so careful of them you know. When I say arrogant they weren't arrogant sort of people they, they, they had a great team but we were really self-confident Yeah, but you couldn't get you couldn't watch, you had to watch this thing because they had good good ball players. You, you spoke about your time at Wollongong Olympic um, and maybe I'm generalising and there could be a few coaches out there that would do what he did, but he um, was an out-and-out, one of the best coaches in the region, but 
took on a 19s uh, coaching role while you were at the Olympic and he was there doing doing the young blokes. So that speaks volumes of him in terms of how he operated um, working alongside you and, and like you spoke about, the, the lack of ego. Yeah, well, he he was there before I came, and I I just I think Eric just was really happy when he was coaching. I think he was happy developing players, and whether they were in first grade or under nine, I mean, he developed them as people too. And I I went in there, and I thought, oh, geez, I'm, you know, Eric's had that position. I certainly wasn't going to come in and say, oh, what football out at a time? How good is this going to be? Maybe you know because yeah. he was a he was a I, I treat him as an absolute. I would almost be having myself on if I said he was, he was an equal. He was a, a guy I had a lot of admiration for as a coach, and now he's working with the nineties. But not it was not a problem from day one. Not a problem. He, he was not not only just professional, but he's just a quality person. He was a quality person. Unfortunately, he he was just a quality man. And I think no ego sums him up. Well, I think, uh, John, uh, it's it's brilliant uh, as I'm uh, doing these interviews and, and when they finished, I know uh, people will enjoy it and I really respect and sincerely appreciate um, your time as usual. You've been very supportive of yep. this whole project that I do and, and in this instance you've come through again and um, thank you for talking about Eric. No worries, mate. And you just keep them coming because they give me sleepless nights. I find them and I can't turn them off while I go to sleep. So I've had a few late nighters with you. They've been great. I sincerely appreciate it, mate, and uh, thanks for your time. Good on you, Travis. Take care, mate. Yeah, my name's uh, George Antonio. Um Eric Thompson uh, coached me in... 2004 and 5 I believe um, in first grade um, and I knew a lot about Eric uh, through the 90s whatnot uh, when he was coaching Balgowney and through Cringilla when they had very strong teams and when he came to us uh, in that year 2004 uh, he had a very young team uh, but we knew a lot about him through his history of you know the Illawarra Premier League um, and we're glad to have him on board. So, like you said, you're at Wollongong Olympic. Uh, you were probably, even though only at roughly around 25, you were still an older member of the squad at that time. Uh, how did Eric come across to to you as a as a coach? Oh, at the time, I think he was probably the perfect person for the job because we had a lot of 18, 19 year olds, probably not ready for first grade, but he nurtured a lot of the young kids through. Um, we didn't have a lot of experience, but, you know, uh, the young kids made it up in enthusiasm. Uh, it was a tough, tough year, but Eric sort of understood the nature of the Premier League and helped the kids through it. And for yourself, you know, you've been there as a player in the IPL and been there as a coach now um, all these years later. Did you take stuff that Eric sort of showed you even in that year into your coaching coaching game? Yeah, definitely. I think his man management skills, are, you know, were always, you know, uh, done the right way. Uh, he spoke to players, you know, always with a good attitude and never put anyone down. Um, and like I said, he, he was like more of a father figure, I guess, back in those days. Um, but yeah, that's probably the part that I took out of it, mostly just the, the man management part that he had. 
And was that more, like you say, man management? Was that more the the way he spoke one-on-one or the way he spoke to the group? Yeah, it was probably a little bit of both. I think he, he spoke to the younger players probably a little bit more individually. Um, uh, obviously, we being probably one of the older players at the time, you know, uh, you know, we ran off ideas together, but it was more one-on-one sort of situations, and it was also good, very good in the team environment. And although Wollongong Olympic that year it wasn't a successful year, uh, did you take from it that you know Eric could come into any situation and sort of blend himself into a club? Doesn't matter what club it was or what the background of the club. Yeah, like I said previously, I think the, the, how I knew Eric was always with the successful Balgani and and uh, Cringilla teams uh, throughout the 90s. And when he came to us, it was obviously a, a development year and he, he fitted in straight away. You could tell that he just didn't need a, a successful team to be a good coach. He could nurture young kids through. And I think a lot of them went on to play many more years in first grade, which is probably put down to a, a lot of his you know, experience and what he sort of was able to nurture with the kids. Well, George, I'd like to sincerely thank you for um, following up on my message to you and, and for recalling your time with Eric. It, it means a lot to me, and, and I'm sure people will um, gather from your memories and, and thoughts yeah. that um, he could uh, coach at any club and in any situation. Yeah, yeah, long live in his memory, I guess. And he, he was a champion guy, and, you know, like I said, uh, long live uh, Eric Thompson. Hi guys, my name's Jason Lima. I've been a goalkeeper since the age of um, eight or nine and been there ever since. First met Eric when I was 13 years old at the Wollongong Wolves tryouts. He was the goalkeeper coach at that time. And over the next, since I was in my early 20s, I trained with Eric on and off, either at the Wolves or at the Illawarra Lions. And for you, um, uh, you met Eric as as a young person, um, how did he come across to you and and how did that relationship develop over the years? Uh, yeah, his, um, the first thing I remember, he was such a gentleman. He was very nurturing and he, he always talked in a positive manner. So he, he always provided encouragement and feedback. He was very big on the goalkeeper positioning, goalkeeper stance and hand positioning. So that's one thing that really comes top of mind is, you know, whenever your hands drop by his side or, or your hands got lazy, he was the first one to run up to you and kind of, you know, he'll grab your hand and say, this is where I need them and this is where they need yep. to be for a shot. So, um, But he was always encouraging. It was, it was such a lovely guy to be with. It just made the whole environment comfortable um, and encouraging. Even when you're going for those big dives, he was, it, was like, it was like he was cheering from the stand, just you know, asking to push and jump and fly. It was, it was brilliant. And I guess a, a lot of people listening to this podcast will uh, have heard people from, I guess, different clubs where he coached, but this was another skill that Eric had specifically was goalkeeping coaching, wasn't it? Because you in, I guess, the late 90s when you first interacted with him through through these next several odd years plus, um, uh, he really had, a, uh, I guess, a, an eye for goalkeeping. Yeah, he did. You know, you'd, you'd rock up, and anyone that's been trained by him, I guess, you'd rock up to training and he'll have the same four cones set up It'll be, you know, two cones for the goals and or, or poles, and then he'll have another two opposite about the length of the six-yard box, and he'll set you through your paces. You'll, you know, his drills were always memorable. Um, 
and I, I still use them today when I'm training other goalkeepers as well. I think I think they're timeless. So it was, it was always a bunch of fun, and you know, after about fifteen to twenty minutes, you, you were catching your breath. That's for sure. <laughs> and for yourself, uh, and you just mentioned it there, um, and maybe that probably says a lot about Eric. But um, there's still stuff that is relevant from his coaching back in the late '90s through all this period where he was goalkeeping coaching you to to what you do today. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, a lot of the goalkeeper drills, the quick feet they used to do, all the different diving techniques. He, you know, the other thing, he one of the things he did teach me was the arch around the, you know, and positioning around the goals and understanding where you need to be positioned and where, wherever the ball is, this is where you need to be. And so he actually he actually helped you mentally, not just ready for the game technically, but mentally he, he, he was getting your mind right um, in terms of thinking about your positioning, your your stance, your hands, understanding where the other players are, understanding where your defenders need to be based on where the ball is. Um, but he, he was fantastic, yeah, 100%. So clearly he wasn't just a, a person that could, I guess, motivate and build a rapport with uh, uh, players from different generations, but he obviously had the technical skills as well. Oh, yeah, he did, he did. Um, and it, I'll never forget those those skills. And, you know, I've used them throughout my playing career and, and teaching to as many young goalkeepers as I can, but it, it's his nature that you'll never forget. He always had, a, he always rocked up with a smile in his face and with a plan. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. He, that, that's my, will never forget. And for yourself outside of football, how did he influence you in terms of how you approach not just goalkeeping, but life? Um, oh, just, just that in general, he always had a smile on his face, you know, the encouragement and, and he celebrated the mistakes. I think a lot of times, yeah. Um. And as soon as you made a mistake, he'll 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 point it out, and he won't he won't say you've done a mistake, but he goes, let's just try it this way, we'll try it that way, or have a think about this. So it was always constructive, constructive criticism, and he explained it in a way we like, you know what, I get this, I get where you're coming from, and sure enough, we'll continue practicing it. So the whole idea of you know, the encouragement, always doing it with a smile on his face, but but knowing when to push you and when to provide encouragement, and but it was more the constructive feedback. That, that he would provide and every now and then he'll because he because he was a goalkeeper coach he obviously wasn't a team coach but every now and then he'll rock up to a game and he, and and you know he'll come Tuesday Tuesday afternoon you'll say oh I was at your game and the first thing he used to think was oh no what did I do wrong <laughs> <laughs> and, and but no he, he'll always start with here's the stuff I loved and then here's the things we need to work on um so it was actually not just the goalkeeper coach but he'll he'll make an effort to actually go and watch you um if it was nearby if it was a home game and um, finally, is there any other sort of Eric stories or or memories that you still stick in your memory that you want to tell to the podcast now, or any final thoughts on on what you thought of him? Oh no, no. Um, like, like I said, the whole experience, uh, you know, and and around goalkeeping, um, you know, I was a young goalkeeper, and I remember getting Player of the Year for the youth grade state league um i think i was 16 or 17 and you know just needed to tell him and no it was was all good fun it was all good fun well jason i sincerely thank you for for sharing your memories of eric the the goalkeeping coach uh, many hats that he wore as a, a different types of coaches and and clubs that he did and i really really appreciate your time today no dramas thank you thanks travis
G'day, I'm Chris Kajoski. Um, I met Eric Thompson back in 2007, playing youth grade for Coniston Lions back in the days. Um, Eric was my first youth grade coach. Um, dealing with Eric was one of the most amazing things that I ever had the pleasure of doing in my life. Um, he was an absolute gentleman. As a coach, uh, he knew every single possible thing that he could do with the football, but not be able to do it himself. So it was just amazing listening to him and um, having him explain exactly how the ball should move, how you should move your foot, what positions you need to be put playing in, how to um, monitor the game and watch the game from every type of position on the field. Um, and it even led to me looking to um, down a coaching path and being Eric's assistant in youth grade levels back in 2010. I played under Eric from 2006 through to about 2009. In 2010, I wasn't playing, and he called me up to come down and help him out with coaching um, and getting the boys all together again. And that's where I kind of got into the love of the game a lot more, um, having Eric and learning a lot more from him and a lot more respect for the game. With Eric and, and my, myself, playing-wise, he was had no idea what to do with me because I had two left feet at the time. It was pretty <laughs> funny. But then when I ended up getting onto the field one game, I uh, made my debut round three, I believe it was, against Dean Deleu in 2007. And Eric didn't want to play me at all, had no, no intention to play me whatsoever. So I didn't play at all in the youth grade game and then got to reserve grade and the, the boys that were backing up from youth grade didn't want to go on the field. So he put me on. I played 45 minutes, scored two goals. We were down two, one at half time. We ended up winning the game 3-2. Wow. Um, so from that point, he just always loved me and I was always in his team every time I played for him. Um, I was always in the starting 11, so it was just amazing. Um, and even to a point that I went to Europe in that year of 2007 for about two months. I came back well and truly overweight and I still started in his team. It was He was just absolutely amazing guy to to be around and you learn a lot from Eric like even the way he spoke to people the way he dealt with people uh, going to games with Eric and he used to pick me up because my parents worked weekends couldn't take me to games and every single person that you would see no matter what ground it would have been whether it be Picton or Helensburg or down south in Kaima someone would always be talking to Eric and bringing back memories of his time either at Balgani or university or Cringilla, wherever it was. And he was just an amazing person to to deal with. It was one of the saddest days, I guess, in my life when Eric passed away because he, he played such a big role for me um, yeah. in the footballing world. Um, and he made me want to be a bigger part of football, effectively. Um, yeah, I still remember the phone call I received the day that he passed away and all he could really do was cry and, and think about the memories that he actually had with, with Eric. Um, one of the like best memories, I guess, that I had with him was uh, 2008. It was the Champions League grand final. Um, I was a Manchester United fan. <laughs> Eric loved his Liverpool, but he was watching the game. It was Manchester United versus Chelsea in Moscow. And it went to penalty shootouts. And I, I was still in high school at the time, so on the bus going to like a school camp in Canberra and I had Eric on the phone and he's like, oh, mate, 
um, Chelsea's going to win this one, mate. Chelsea's going to win. <laughs> and all you hear is, oh, no, nah, don't worry about it. John Terry slipped on his He's missed the penalty. United won the Champions League. <laughs> and it was just one of the funniest moments that I ever had on the phone with him. And still to this day, I can hear his voice and like the way he actually spoke to me all the time. And he was one of the most amazing people that I've ever met. Well, uh, many of these uh, uh, interviews that I've done and and it's over 30 now, uh, it's been goosebump stuff and and some of the uh, memories just then you can just tell in your voice uh, uh, the rapport and relationship that you had with Eric and and how much it meant to you just like many others here and uh, although we won't talk to everyone in the football community in the Illawarra it's uh, it's amazing to hear those sort of memories and and like I said I'm I'm privileged to to listen to people like yourself that have interacted with the man um, on a personal level and a football level. So um, for me, um, it just means a lot to, to hear something like that, uh, especially so late on in his coaching career. Yeah, well, I was with, like, obviously, um, Cringilla was the last club that he ended up um, being assistant coach for Sarge for. Yeah. And he was with us at Conno and even to a point that, like, even when I was playing futsal games and making grand finals, Eric would make sure that he was always there watching us um, in those grand finals and cheering on. And yeah, we just had such a good relationship with the guy. Um, he used to call me all the time and like after I'd finished school, obviously, and we used to go for coffee together in the mornings um, before he'd go and spend his day at Sopranos uh, with Sarge again um, <laughs> and helping Sarge clean up all the coffee cups and whatever else may be around there, um, help, helping with the dishes he was just a lovely guy that was always just happy to see you. And I guess the, like always had a smile on his face. And one of the best things about Eric as well was the fact that he had the most distinct handshake I've ever felt in my life as well. Yeah. He'd always make sure he'd hold on to your hand, like, and squeeze it as hard as he possibly could. <laughs> and it's just like, yep, that's Eric Thompson that you're talking to right now. <laughs> And how much I'd love to have one more of those handshakes. Well, I think on that um, funny but beautiful note, I'd like to thank you. Um, it means a lot um, to have uh, these sort of memories um, that are so deep um, and so personal and and, are, and show what football's all about. Um, to have that on the podcast uh, it means a lot. And I'd like to say uh, thank you sincerely and uh, appreciate your time in, in being part of this podcast. Thank you, Trev. Appreciate it. I'm Sebastian Dallas. I played for Coniston Lions in 2010, Coniston Lions Youth Grade, and Eric was our, I guess, the, the manager, the coach at the time. And... It came about really when, because the year before I was playing with Balgownie Youth Grade in 2009 was my first year of youth grade yep. as a 16-year-old. And then the next season, I originally had signed to play for Tarawana in Premier League Youth Grade and realised maybe at the time that maybe it was too big of a step because at the time Tarawana were the 
for the best youth grade team around. They were the Premier League champions. Yeah. And some of my friends were playing with Coniston at the time. And I decided I would play, maybe leave Tarawana and go and play with my friends at Coniston. And my dad didn't think it was such a good idea at the time until I told him who the coach was and told him that it was Eric Thompson coaching. And then he was like, okay, well, maybe this isn't such a bad idea after all. But it was honestly going from the top of youth grade at the time to the lowest club. But because the coach was Eric, it seemed like a good idea. And uh, other people uh, may have noticed in an earlier um, episode of the Eric Thompson podcast um, that Seb's dad, uh, Paul, has uh, been interviewed when Eric was involved with Bowgowney Rangers. So uh, for yourself, um, what were your initial thoughts of Eric as a coach when you got to Coniston Lions? Well, I met him when I was a kid, when I was maybe like six or seven, when I was going down just watching Bally and stuff. I don't think he was coaching at the time, but he was still very revered, especially in my dad's eyes. Like, he might have, well, dad said he was like his his best coach that he'd he'd ever had. Like, dad loved Eric as a coach. Um, So it was going to Coniston knowing that I was at least in, in good hand. Like, the team was not that good. Um, like the players around us were not that good at the time, but at least we had a good coach and we were going to learn something, which at 17 years old, which is all you really can really ask for, really. The Like I said, it was in uh, the second tier in the district league that you were playing yep. in and, and Coniston at that time um, were probably mid-range in, in the youth league. Um Eric, uh, as you'd heard from your dad, had you know won many things as a coach. So, um, yep. did it surprise you that you had a coach of that caliber coaching you guys? Yeah, um, definitely me and Dad. Like Dad didn't know that he was there either. So it was it's it's very like I don't know how we ended up at Coniston, but we did feel very lucky. And it was a lot of the the players around us as well knew who he was and a lot of the committee would talk to us and be like, he's very lucky to have Eric as your coach. Um, make sure you listen, make sure you respect what he says, everything like that. Like we knew that we had a good coach there helping us out. From you reflecting on it now and even at the time, um, because it wasn't as high as he had coached in terms of grade or, or division, did you sense any frustration from him as a coach or did he just you know, try and coach coach you bikes the game. He was very patient. He wasn't – he knew what he had. He knew that we weren't the best – we were definitely not the best team in the comp, um, definitely towards the lower end of the, the table. But he knew he had, like, a good bunch of kids. Like, he the, – yeah, just the guys around, like, just really respected him. So I think he fed off – he fed off that and um, just did, did the best that he could with us, with us there, I think. And what did you learn from him? And what were his, uh, and secondly, what were his best qualities? Well, I think what I mainly learned from him, because I would consider myself an attacking player, and he just taught me how to how to move off the ball a lot and to bring sometimes, like, if I don't have, like, there's stuff that I can do off the ball. Like, I don't have to always have it. If I make the run and bring the player out or something, or didn't bring the defender out, then... The other guy can go through and it just opens up the game and stuff like that. How to read the game attacking-wise, I think. that, And just just basic stuff as well, like how to shoot. Like 
how to hit the ball, probably just technique and stuff like that, stuff that I wasn't doing right, just little nitpicky stuff in my game that he would pick out. But a lot of the times he was just he was just a friend. He was just um, just sort of an older, experienced guy that was uh, great to have around and great to talk to. At the end of uh, that season, um, you moved on. Is that right? Uh, I stayed with Coniston the next year, but he wasn't coaching. They went with uh, Rob Mahalov. And um, uh, from your perspective, um, was that a bit of a disappointment? No no disrespect to Rob, but um, uh, did you sort of miss Eric in a sense the next year? I think a lot of us did, but at the same time, which could have been testament to what he had done because um, like he was still there. He would still come and watch the games and stuff like that, but we got a lot more players coming in the next year, so the, the team was better. So that like we actually made the semi-finals the next year with a lot of the a lot of the same guys that we had had from the year before. So I think he he helped in bringing players to the club, even though he wasn't necessarily coaching the year after. And for yourself, uh, final thoughts on on Eric the Eric Thompson, the man. I think it really it really set in for me that like I like the fact that he's coached my dad and he's coached me as well. Um, yeah. which also I think is testament to his, just how good he was, like his length of stay in the game, that he would coach two generations of, of players. Um, but it also really set him for me at the funeral, like just how good he was, like how well-respected he was because of all the, the people that turned up. And I and like, you know, players who are my age and as well as guys who have come before me, like there's people of all, all ages there at the funeral who I think were... Um, really touched by Eric throughout their career. Well, on that note, Seb, I'd like to sincerely thank you um, uh, recalling your memories uh, about Eric and um, thank you very much for your time um, that you've given me this afternoon. It means a lot to me um, and thank you very much for, for doing this. Nice. Right. Thanks, Tracker. Stefan Domoski played with Eric at Cringilla from 2013 and 14, age 16, 17. So, Stefan, you were, he was assistant coach at Cringilla Lions at that point. Um, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And, and you were at a younger age at that point. So, um, although the assistant, and I think uh, Sarge was the first grade coach, was he? Yes, that's right. Sarge was coach, first grade. Yeah, that, that's that, that stage. So you're at a young age. So um, what sort of impression did Eric make on make on you? Mate, it was a big impression, especially being at that age, 16, 17. You know, you're in the kind of the verge of, you know, playing first grade from 20s. You know, it's, it's a big step. You know, usually, usually a lot of players kind of fuzz out at that stage of their career, you know. Basically, he was... He was a big input, as in he kind of took me underneath his wing, and you know after training sessions, he'd he'd um he'd come and 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 spend an extra forty five minutes after everything was packed up, just showing just little this little things that would it was just trying to help the the process of of trying to get a secure spot in the first team at at that stage. So you know he was a massive massive impact of, of just that you know just trying to get yourself a secure position in, in the team. You know, he was just, he was unreal. You know, very, guidance was un, unbelievable. 
And so looking back on it now, do you, do you think it had a, uh, a big impression on you in, in terms of your football development? Because it, it seems like he was a, a de facto mentor in that sense at, at that point in your career. De- definitely, definitely. I, I continued on to play the club for another two years after that uh, as a first grade player. He was definitely, um, definitely a big, big impact. You know, I spoke to him, for, you know, until he passed. For, for every 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 week, we'd have a chat, and he'd ask how I'm going, and and you know, check in on me and seeing what I've been up to. He was definitely a, de- definitely a big impact, a hundred percent. How do you uh, uh, see his input in terms of where you are now? Because you're with the the Wolves currently, aren't you? Yeah, currently at the Wolves. Uh, mate, to be fair, he, he was, you know, he was the reason why, you know, why I, I probably pushed pushed to to play first grade in the first in the first uh, place. You know, I was quite happy playing with my friends in the twenties at Grinny, and then he was the one that was constantly pushing, saying that you know you've got to push yourself and you, you need to be playing here. That this is where you belong, uh, deserve to play, and you belong in this team. You know, so. For me, I think just those, you know, just him, just him saying all that stuff, has pushed me to continue with my football and and to to try and achieve as much as I can. In terms of those uh, extra sessions that he did do, where you know he did it in his own time, and and you obviously put the effort in as well. It was more just sort of little bits and pieces about what you should be doing on the field in terms of where you play and and what to do. Definitely, um, you know those those sessions. You know, after train, after you know, we'd be training down there, and they'd be turning the lights off. You know, it, it, it was it was um, it was quite a good, it was it was quite unreal. You know, he his his passion was unbelievable. You know, we'd we'd go down down to the training field down at Cringilla there, and, and we'd be, you know, he'd be showing me how to shield the ball. You know, he'd be showing little things how to keep the ball away and use my body. You know, and and, and nowadays game, that's that's a big thing. You know. Especially, you know, playing in the position as a striker, you know that that's a big that's a big thing that you use every game you play, and mm-hmm. you know, just trying to master that skill itself, it, it's it's quite unique, you know. And he was he was he, he was showing me that every every after every training session, he'd, he'd show me and he'd just go, all right, what'd you learn today in today's session? When do you use that? And how do you use it? So yeah, he was he was great in that aspect, definitely. Well, Stefan, uh, I'd really like to uh, sincerely appreciate you for uh, being part of this podcast and, and I wish uh, you well in the future and I'm sure Eric's uh, looking above and, and hoping that you uh, succeed in, in your pursuits uh, with football. So thank you very much for, for making your time to talk to me. Most definitely. Thank you very much, mate. Thanks for having me and um, hopefully we can all remember Eric for the, for the great bloke he was. And, and, and the great things he did for the local game. Definitely. Thank you. Thanks again for listening and downloading part three of episode 67. It was absolutely fantastic listening to people recall some of their memories and thoughts on Eric Thompson. I reiterate my sincere thanks and appreciation to the people who gave up their time to be part of this episode. I'm your host, Travis. Goodbye for now.